everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. It all started several years ago, this, this, this rescue adventure, when I'd been fishing in the Atlantic Ocean on a 16-foot boat, a pretty small boat, considering you know, the, the size and scope of the Atlantic Ocean. The sun was setting, a picturesque evening. We were turning toward the marina. The marina was very, very close. And I happened to scan the horizon line. I saw a boat and a person behind the boat, and it looked like he was swimming. And I thought to myself, that's weird, because who would swim in 30 feet of water, especially in these sharky waters? So I kind of elbowed my friend who was running the boat over the whine of the engine. And I said, hey, look at that. He goes, man, that guy's in trouble. So we, we turned, made our way to, to, this, to this gentleman. He wasn't really making any sounds. He was just splashing, his head was bobbing and his boat was maybe two or 300 feet away. And as we approached him, we could tell the guy was drowning. I mean, he, he was really fighting for his life. And as I look closer in the 16-foot boat, I'm like, how in the world are we gonna drag this guy in? I, I mean, this guy's a behemoth, a leviathan. And I found out he was about 6'7", weighed 340 pounds, a monster. But you know, adrenaline takes over. So I grabbed one of his paws my friend grabbed the other paw and we pulled this guy in. He was coughing up salt water. He started crying and thanking us profusely. He was like, I was about to go under for the last time, he said. And I go, what happened? He said, I just fell overboard. I was fishing by myself and I tried to swim back to my boat, but the wind kept pushing it away. So we made sure the guy was okay. We went to his boat, transferred him from our boat to his boat, and then we turned toward the marina. And this happened right, right in, in, in a vicinity that was an eye shot of the marina. So we, we turned into the marina and we're like high-fiving each other going, we rescued a guy. We rescued a guy. I mean, I've heard about it. I've read about it. I've seen water rescues, but... We were a part of the rescue. Had, had I not scanned the horizon line, I would have missed it, and the guy would have drowned. So we're driving up to this marina, no wake sign, you know. Have you ever seen those no wake signs? And as we're getting closer, all of these beautiful boats are stacked in this marina. One boat in particular probably cost $400,000. And there was this couple standing on the bow of the boat. This guy was ripped. He was shredded. I'm talking about so shredded you could see his aorta. <laughs> and his, his girlfriend, hopefully his wife, had a resemblance of a bikini on. I've seen more cotton in an aspirin bottle than what she had on. Anyway, <clears throat> as we drive up in unison, this couple, they, they smiled and they waved. And then the guy 
whacked her on the bottom. I thought to myself, that's weird. That's eerie. That's paradoxical. Here they are, smiling and waving and whacking each other on the bottom when someone almost lost their life sinking to the bottom within sight of where these people were. At that moment, it was like God spoke to my spirit. Sometimes people say God speaks to me. I hope you know, it doesn't mean an audible voice. I've heard some people, it's like they talk to God and it's like a running conversation, like back and forth. No, they're, they're, they're delusional. But you know what I'm saying to you? God spoke to my spirit and said, Ed, that is a sign, that's a symbol, that's an illustration of so many Christians, of so many churches. We have this marina mentality. We're tied up to the docks and we're smiling and waving and whacking each other on the bottom while drowning people are sinking to the bottom without Jesus Christ. That's the story. God uses people, God uses events, God uses situations in your life and mine to speak to us. And again, I know God wanted me to take that and share that. There's no doubt about it. Rescue. That's what I was involved in, uh, rescue. The Bible is an anthology of the rescue throughout his pages. Rescue, 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 rescue. When you see the word rescue in the Bible, think of the word salvage. Think of the word saved. God rescued humanity, didn't it? Didn't he? I mean, we were, we were drowning, sinking in our sin. God sent Jesus Christ to, to live this perfect life, to die a sacrificial death, to rise again, thereby offering us eternal life, offering us a chance to be rescued, saved. And most of us here, most of us in Dallas, most of us in Frisco, most of us at Alasso Ranch, at our church there, most of us in Fort Worth, most of us who are watching online, most of us can say, Ed, <laughs> I was rescued. In our prison campuses, I was rescued. Fort Worth, you're going, yeah, I was rescued. You've been saved. You've been rescued. Great, great. Isn't it true though, that we have this marina mentality? About 10 years ago, I read that some of the yacht clubs in New England started out as rescue societies. In other words, the rescue societies, all they did was they had their, their, their gear ready, their boats operative. Whenever they would hear about a situation where someone had, had, had wrecked their boat or their ship or someone was drowning, oh, they would fight the wind and the waves and the salt and they would rescue them and they were called rescue societies. But 
After a while, they became tired of doing that. Too much work, too hard, too difficult. So they formed a yacht clubs. Bought these beautiful boats, sipped champagne and ate caviar and just partayed on these boats as they were tied up in various marinas. Yet some were like, we're not doing that. We're still, we're still gonna rescue people. We're still gonna be a part of a rescue society. Well, I'm here to tell you, the church is not a yacht club. We're a rescue society. Rescue, rescue. When it comes to rescue, this is pretty much ubiquitous, isn't it? It's the life ring. When it comes to rescue, the ring is the thing. Say that with me. The ring is the thing. This is a life ring. Who is the life ring? It's not just the ring, Jesus. It's interesting that when it comes to a ring, there's no beginning and no end. And Jesus came from the top to the bottom to bring us from the bottom to the top. He is the ring. And as you look at like Greek, the symbol for Jesus, you can put this rope kind of like this across it, the theta symbol. I thought that was kind of a, a cool thing. So the ring is the thing. Now I've got to ask you, if you're a believer, if you've been radically rescued, are you rescuing people radically? Because in a real way, you're walking around with this thing attached to your utility belt. If you're a follower of Christ. So wherever I go, whatever I do, if I'm playing golf, I have this attached to me. If I'm crossfitting or orange theorying, I have this attached to me. If I'm watching game day, I have this attached to me. If I'm at a party, I have this attached to me. At school, I have this attached to me. I have the ring attached to my life because I've been rescued, I've been redeemed, I've been saved, I've been delivered, and this is Christ's plan. We, are you ready for this, are plan A. There's no plan B. In other words, if you're a follower of Christ, you, my friend, are plan A. I am plan A. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, we read about the Great Commission. The Great Commission. It's when Jesus commissioned his, his disciples about what they're to be about. Therefore, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That is what we should be about. Right before Christ ascended, his last words, go and make disciples. A disciple is someone who's been rescued and they're living out the implications of the rescue. So the ring is the thing. And we're gonna build on all of this over the next four weeks. Number two, the hope is the rope. You know it's got to rhyme, right? The hope is the rope. 
The rope is attached to the only thing that Jesus ever built, the hope of the world, the church. The rope is attached to, you could say, the fellowship, a bunch of fellows rowing the ship in the right direction. That's a great name for a church, isn't it? The word fellowship in the original language is the word koinonia. It means in common. It means together. So the ring is the thing and the hope is the rope. In this rescue process, it's not just a ring. You have to have it tethered to the body of Christ. The ring is a thing, the hope is the rope. But then there's another one, pull, so the house will be full. We have to be a part of the pull. So whatever we do in church, I'm talking about serving, I'm talking about sowing, I'm talking about sharing, whatever we do in the church, we are a part of the pool. If you're not a part of the pool, if you call yourself a Christ follower and you're not a part of the pool, you have turned your back on one of the commands of Jesus. So how do I become a part of the pool? It could be through being on our worship team. It could be through tweaking dials. It could be through greeting people. It could be through our parking ministry, it could be through our missions ministry, it could be through our 12-step groups. You're a part of the pool. But if you say, you know what, I'm done, we're not pulling as effectively as we should. So we've gotta serve, get outside of ourselves, serve. Also, we sow, that means our money. I just read you the Great Commission, Matthew 28, go. I didn't realize it, but go is expensive. <laughs> Had we not sown three decades ago, you, my friend, wouldn't be here. What are you gonna do for the next group? Did this just appear? All of these campuses? Alasso Ranch? Did this just appear? All of this technology that cost who knows untold millions? No, 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 no. It's my number one investment. How about you? I have a great friend of mine who's a captain and he's captain a lot of different boats and things like that and he just knows ships and, and, and crafts. He can just name them, it's, it's, it's crazy. And one time we were fishing together in this little 16 foot boat and he goes, see that boat right there? That boat costs seven million. I'm like, Richard, you gotta be kidding me. That boat's not seven. He goes, trust me, seven million. I said. How much does it cost? Let's say I bought one for seven million. How much would it cost me just to keep the boat afloat? I mean, just normal wear and tear, crew, whatever. He said, minimum $700,000 a year, 10%. So you see a yacht, for example, maybe you've, you've heard of Jerry Jones' yacht. It's like, what, 300 feet maybe or something like that? Do the math. I thought it was interesting that it was 10%. Anyway, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just like that. So, so we serve and we sow because this is expensive and we share. We share the good news. We share. Now listen to this very carefully. Fellowship Church is an evangelistic church. 
Let me say that again. Fellowship Church is an evangelistic church. Most churches in our area, in our nation, who would call themselves Christians are evangelistic churches. Okay, Ed, what do you, what do you mean? I mean, people show up, a pastor gives a message, and usually gives people an opportunity to invite Jesus Christ into their life. He gives them an opportunity, or she gives them an opportunity to, to get rescued. That is an evangelistic church. We don't stop there. It's not just that. We are a dual threat church, and this is a rare breed. This is what separates Fellowship Church Listen to me very, very carefully from most churches, what I'm gonna tell you right now. Not only are we an evangelistic church, we are a soul-winning church. What I'm talking about is we have people and we train people, which we're going to do in this series. I'm gonna train you how to talk to someone about Christ because people go, well, Cool, the ring is the thing, hope is the rope, pool so the house will be full. That's a cute little illustration, but how do I do it? I mean, how do I talk to my father? How do I talk to my boss? How do I talk to this guy in our foursome? How do I talk to this person that I know that doesn't have very much? Or how do I talk to the person that has a $7 million yacht? How, how, how? Well, people are people, and we're gonna discover how to do that. We teach. And we train people to soul win, to go, Matthew 28, to where they live, to engage them, to strike up conversations with them because we love them. And then at the right time, and only the Holy Spirit will give us this. And in fact, let me say this. You know what the quickest way to see the Holy Spirit work? what I'm talking about. Not some crazy miracle, which is awesome. Not some healing, which I believe in. Not some experience, no, 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 no. The fastest way to see the Holy Spirit work is to involve yourself in the rescue. No doubt about it. So we're an evangelistic church and a soul winning church and we can become better and better at it. It's important that we invite people to church. You know people I don't know, I know people you don't know. We're to use our sphere of influence. I sometimes look at real estate. You ever look at real estate? Lisa and I have done some real estate over the last 40 years of our marriage and you know, it's been, it's been really good for us. But I love Zillow, I don't know why, I'm just a Zillow guy. And I like Zillow because Zillow tells us it's 0.3 acres, 35 acres, whatever. I, I just like that. So you know, going into this investment or whatever, how big the tract of land is. God has given you, Latrice, Latrice is an amazing staff member, a tract of land that only you have. I don't have your tract of land. God wants you to partner with him in this search and rescue mission, because God is about the search and rescue. All we have to do is, God, I'm available. 
I want to join this rescue party. God doesn't tell us to rescue people. No, just to be available. We do the fishing, God does the catching. Now, most of you are with me. Most of you are going, okay, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I believe this. This is good. But there's a, there's a problem because you have to come up with a rationale why you're not involved in this process because I know most Christians who you know, claim they know Christ are not involved in what I'm talking about. And we substitute things for the main thing, like worship. I love worship. And we have an unusual worship team. They understand what I'm talking about. But worship, you're telling God what he already knows, which we should, yet you're not taking that and telling others what they don't know. So when it comes to this whole worship movement, I've got to ask myself, where is the reproduction? Because when you have worship, you have intimacy, check this out now, between the bride and the groom. And when you have intimacy between the bride and the groom, you're going to have babies, brand new believers. Someone told me the other day, man, Fellowship Church is a great church for new believers. I said, you're dang right. And the reason we are is we have a deep church. If you don't have a lot of baby Christians, you, my friend, are a part of a shallow church. So you want depth? You want to really grow? You want to really swim down there deep? You begin to do what Jesus commanded you to do. But you know what? Most of us are scared. I don't want any of this. No, give me worship or let me just throw a bone in the offering plate or, or, or you know, I just serve kind of, that's my deal. No, 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 no. Some of us have better gifts at this than others. This is a straight up command. But we come up with these excuses, don't we? Some say, well, I'll just put God in a box. That's a excuse. God's sovereign. We're predestined, and we have a lot of churches in Dallas like that. And they're very sexy because it's all about intellect, but it's not what the Bible says. Oh, yeah, you know, this, 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 uh, let me grab this thing. This just kind of goes over the side of the boat, just, <laughs> I don't know, automatically. I don't really do anything in it. It's just predestination and election and the sovereignty of God. Well, I believe in the sovereignty of God, but I also believe in the free will of man. And the free will of man and the sovereignty of God are two rivers that only connect in the mind of God. But this whole Calvinistic vibe is very, very popular amongst the young people. So is worship because it's a substitute many times for evangelism. This is just too hard do you know why most churches don't do this? It's too hard. You've got to put up with the dirty jokes. You've got to put up with the jeering. You've got to put up with people in your face. You've got to put up with all sorts of stuff and we want to play it safe. 
We want to be on our little cruise ship, the Christian cruise ship, uh, stuffing our faces with all-you-can-eat buffets, listening to Christian music, and not really worrying about the people in your life and mine who were dying without Jesus. Have you ever watched someone die before? I have recently. My daughter. She's not here. You're going to die. So will you. So will I. We act like we're not, but you're going to die. Why do we have this whole health movement? I'm not going to die. Why do we, why do we have all of this greed going on? I, I, I'm really not going to die. Oh yeah, you're going to die, Jimmy. You're going to die. And your friends at work are going to die. What are you doing to rescue them? And Jimmy's an awesome guy. I'm not, I'm just using his illustration. I mean, he's a former professional wrestler. He could throw me, he could throw me into the 14th row. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying to you? What, 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 what are you, are you in, in this, in this deal? So the church is not just a place where we show up for an hour and go, okay, man, I checked that box off. No, 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 it's more than that. It is a rescue society. So invite your friends to fellowship church, no doubt. But I'm gonna challenge you in this series. This is an industrial strength series to share your faith. <laughs> Write a letter before I met Christ, how I met Christ, and what he's done in my life. You should be able to articulate that within about a minute, maybe a minute and 15 seconds. Before and after. Now some are going, well, man, I, don't, I don't know if I could do that. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember a time in my life when I let go and grasped the life ring of Jesus. Well, I'm gonna give you an opportunity in just a couple of moments to make that decision. Also too, we're gonna give you a lifesaver. In fact, I'll tell you what let's do. When you exit, the host will just throw you a lifesaver. <laughs> Not really, but he'll give you one. And I want you to keep this during this entire series because I want you to assign, if you're a believer, a name to this or names and begin to pray. Let's just see what God does. So that's your homework. The ring is the thing. The hope is the rope. The pool, so the house will be full. We're on this ship and Jesus is always taking us by drowning hunks of humanity, but the question is, what are you doing with the ring? I mean, is, is, is the ring some accessory? How do you like my outfit? Or is it something that you're using? The ring.
is the thing. Let's bow our heads together. Father, thank you for this message that you have that you've imprinted upon my life. I thank you for this opportunity when I saw this person and we rescued this person from drowning. I pray God that in the ensuing weeks that we begin to join your search and rescue party. I pray for people that you're placing on our heart right now, Holy Spirit, that only we know. People in our tract of land, people on our point three acres or 33 acres. I pray for boldness, I pray for love. I pray that we would get involved in the deal. I thank you that we're an evangelistic church but also a soul winning church. And if you have never ever given your heart to Christ, if you're like, man, I don't know what to write on this thing, you can say these words with me and become a Christ follower. God, just say it, I admit to you my sin. I turn from my sin, I repent and turn to you, Jesus. I ask you to come into my life. I give you everything I am and everything I'll ever become. Thank you for rescuing me. I let go and I grasp the ring. listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. God bless.